Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. And today we're looking at Mark Lewinsky. Mark Lewinsky, the Giants' biggest free agent acquisition at three years, $18 million with $11 million guaranteed, essentially a two year deal, and the second year is loaded up. His 30 year old season at six foot four and 310 pounds. By the way, my name is Bobby Skinner here with my co host Justin Panic. Hi. Um, been a starter for the Colts for the last four years, and he will be a significant upgrade to Will Hernandez, but. He is a downgrade than what we had with Kevin Zeitler. And I put this note in here. If Nick Gates was healthy, he'd be the fourth best office alignment on the team. But, Justin, that's a good thing. Like, it's a good thing that a guy who's not a horrible offensive lineman could be the fourth best offensive lineman on the team. Where in past years, we had, this past year, we had Billy Price as a below average player was the second best offensive lineman on the team at the end of the year. It feels nice that. Mark Lewinsky, like what we're expecting him to be coming into this season, and this is at least you and I, what we're expecting him to be coming up this season is almost just not existing. Like, hey, Average. Any, <laughs> any, any time that we have pointed out an offensive lineman being bad the last couple of years is basically been our entire offensive line. Will Hernandez, false start, not picking up a stunt, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we're expecting almost Mark Lewinsky's season to just almost never say his name. And that will be the best offseason acquisition move, not counting Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal. Yeah, and again, like I said, he's an, he's an average player, and the contract shows that. For a guard, three years, $18 million, that shows what he is as a player, which is not a bad player, but not a great player either. Um, as far as just like how, how he is, and we'll go into the details, like pass pro, man, he, there's some bad plays. You know, he, he doesn't have great pass pro reps, but he also doesn't, you know, usually have horrible ones. And in the run game, it's like he can get out, he can move. Um, you know, he can flip the hips and we'll, we'll talk all about that, but he's, he's an above, he's definitely an above average run blocker. Um, uh, but pass pro, he's probably a little, uh, average to below average, but, in the past game, like I, I brought up some some stats for him, Justin. Uh, this past year, two sacks, eight hits, thirty eight pressures. He gave up two more pressures than Will Hernandez last year. Mm-hmm. Now Will Hernandez gave up seven sacks, so that's a huge difference. Um, and not every pressure is created equal. You know, we had a quick hitting offense. The Colts had Carson Wentz, who likes to hold on to. The oh ball. my God! Yeah, he's not very good with the ball in his hands. Yeah, but the year before he was better than that. You know, two sacks again, five hits, twenty-eight pressures, which is which is solid. Like Kevin Zeitler in two thousand twenty, had basically the same numbers: two sacks, three hits, and twenty-eight pressures. Now that was Kevin Zeitler's worst year of his career, but it still was a solid offense alignment. You also still had eight penalties from Will Hernandez last year, only two from Mark Lewinsky. Right. Okay. So yeah, I didn't even factor that in. So he's definitely a huge upgrade from what Will Hernandez is, and a decent bit of a downgrade from Kevin Zeitler. Um, which again, I keep on saying average. I've said average 19 freaking times on this podcast, but that's what he is. And, but that's for Giants fans. That's exciting for the Colts. Yes. You know, there's a reason why they hate it. It's like, Hey, we can let Mark Lewinsky go on this offensive line we had for the Giants. This is very exciting. Like you have Andrew Thomas, who's the clear cut best offensive lineman, Evan Neal, who should be the second best. We don't know what's going to happen early on. And then it's, then it's Mark Lewinsky. Like he's a, he's clearly ahead of. John Feliciano and Shane Lemieux and Josh Azuto. If like if those guys are better than Mark Lewinsky by the end of the year, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. That's not you know bad on Lewinsky. It's good on those guys. And think of how different 
we view the offseason if it doesn't include Mark Lewinsky. Like, yeah, we're saying, yeah, he's average. Yeah, you know, we're not expecting much, blah, blah, blah. But how different is this offseason, how we view Joe Shane's first offseason without Mark Lewinsky? I think it's drastically different, and I think we're extremely worried about Shane Lemieux coming back and starting at guard. We're extremely worried about Feliciano. How is he going to work with two younger guards, one coming off of injury? And then you have Josh Azudu at, like, right guard or left guard, just being slated in right away as the starter. So, Glowinski is hopefully going to be, besides Andrew Thomas, you know, the glue that holds the interior of the line together. Yeah, they they had to have this move. You know, going into our free agency preview uh, episodes, Justin, we knew we didn't have any cap space, but what did we both say? They've got to find a way to sign a decent guard. They, they, have, they have to do that. They need to do that. You cannot go into another year of your offensive line strategy being hope. Obviously, they grabbed Evan Neal in the draft. But you can't go on the interior being hope because one injury totally derails it. And then two injuries is the season's over. You know, and that's what happened last year. Shane Lemieux went down. That was bad. You know, they already had the trade for Billy Price and Ben Bredesen. Nick Gates go down. Nick Gates goes down and Will Hernandez plays hit the worst year of his career. Um, in his fourth year, you'd think he'd get better as he went along. He had the worst year of his career and the off and then Nate Solder, who's, you know, garbage, just the offensive line was in shambles. Um, so the Giants could not go into this season with just hope as the offensive line strategy no. with John Feliciano, who's, who's uh, hopefully is the worst offensive lineman on the on the starting lineup this year, and then Shane Lemieux coming off an injury, a rookie Josh Azudu who needs to work on things. You couldn't, you just flat out couldn't do that. So this was a needed signing. Like this was one signing that we said that Giants had to do, and that's what Joe Shane did as his first real his first real free agent signing as a as a Giants GM. The one thing I want to talk about before we get into what Mark Lewinsky is very good at and how he's in the area in which he is an above average player, the one thing I am a little worried about is in a division full of talented interior defensive linemen, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Dexter Lawrence, uh, Dexter Lawrence, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, um, Jonathan Allen, in a division full of those talented interior defensive linemen, I'm worried about, yeah, we know we are kind of going into the expectation this year, knowing that Mark Lewinsky isn't a great pass blocking guard, worried that those ultra talented guys are going to get the best of Glowinski often. And that that is the worry there. And they definitely will at times, but that's the that's you know, the difference on how we feel about Glowinski is do they get him often or do they get him at times? Sure. Because Jonathan Allen's gonna beat him at times. You know, uh, Jordan Davis will beat him at times. But is is it often? Do you have does, do you have bad like just disaster games for Mark Lewinsky? Like that should be the goal for him in pass pro, not to have train wreck games. You can have games where it's like that wasn't a great game for Mark Lewinsky when I'm on the, talking about the O line report. But if you're having disaster games, that's when it becomes an issue. Um, and that's what we got from our guards last year. That's what we got from Matt Skura and Wes Martin and Will Hernandez was disaster games with also having a disaster right tackle. So you just can't have those disaster games. And I, I don't think you'll get them. Maybe maybe one, maybe two. But overall, we won't be looking at this and like, damn, I can't believe we signed this Glowinski cat. Um, you know, so when he's – but anyways, here just talking about his pass pro just play style-wise – I want to, well, I'm, let's 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 get let's get to the run game, and I'm going to tell well, let me, you. My... Let me just give you some bullet points on the pass game, and then we'll oh, move on to the well, run bullet game. Bullet points, pass game, given me. But you know, like the pass pro, he gives up ground. Like he doesn't have great dominant pass pro reps, but he usually sustains the block. Like there's times where he's given up two, three yards of or you know a penetration, but he sustains the block. Um, and then his worst reps are when he's playing in the half man, where you have 
someone lined up on his outside shoulder, you know, their inside shoulder on his outside shoulder because he can get beat laterally at times. But um, those are the times where he has his most issue, uh, his biggest issues. So at the end of the day, this is how I'm going to look at and view the Mark Lewinsky signing when it's all said and done. Help keep the running game afloat, especially on the right side of the line. Help keep the running game afloat and help ensure that when the Giants choose to run the ball, it doesn't kill the drive. Because that has been the problem, especially without 2021, the early part of 2020 as well, when Saquon Barkley is healthy. When the Giants have chosen to run the ball, it has killed the drive. So many attempts where you're being tackled at, behind the line of scrimmage, not efficient offensive line play, not an efficient running game. Don't let it kill a drive when you run the ball. And Glowinski will hopefully be a huge part in fixing that problem. Yeah, he's a solid run blocker. You know, like he's not going to be dominant in single blocks, but he's not going to get shed or beat initially, which again, ruins plays. You know, so we don't need you to be dominant. We need you to sustain blocks. And then when it's the, when the run scheme talks about, you know, guys moving, he's good at that. That's what he's his best at. He's athletic. When you want to get him out there to pull, he can pull well. The wide zone, which the Giants just have not been able to run with a guy, Saquon Barkley, who should be able to, that's what you should be running with a guy like Saquon Barkley. And I think the Giants want to do that and they will do that. He can do that. He can, you know, he's got good flexible hips. Uh, you know, to flip his hips around a guy. He works combos well. Like he knows when to go to the second level, you know, without going too fast or, or, uh, or staying on blocks too long, you know, like, and I said, he doesn't dominate single blocks. Well, when he's working combos and double teams, like they do get good movement. So him and Feliciano will have some good movement. Him and Evan Neal are going to have some awesome reps together, double teaming guys. So that's where, like you said, that's where he can make the biggest impact on the Giants this year is in the run game. And that will make the offense better. And again, like you said, the off the run game has set the Giants back the last last season last season and then the first half of 2020 until they you know they changed their scheme around but it has flat out set them back so Glowinski allows you to not be set back in the run game and also do more with the run game getting outside the tackles moving you know getting you know getting your speed out there and you have Saquon Barkley and Matt Breida you should want to get outside the tackles and Glowinski allows you to do that without getting blown up uh, what side, which side of the line do you think is more capable of running outside zone? Tough question. Putting you on I'm gonna the spot. S- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say the right side. You got someone you really trust in Glowinski, and Evan Neal should be fine in that. Like, Evan Neal moves really well in those. There's sometimes where he has bad balance, but there's no problem. So I'm going to say the right side. I think Saquon is also a little bit more comfortable running to his right side too, since that's where he, that's the hand that he holds the ball in. Then he has his left hand to do stiff arms. So get excited for that. All right. Anything else on Mark Lewinsky? Nope. All right. Oh, he um he helped uh push a car down a highway when it ran out of gas once. Know that? Do you remember that story? I do remember that. Yeah. I've done that a few times. I broke flip flops doing that. It's actually one of the easier <laughs> things to do. People don't realize pushing a car. Put the is car actually kind if we've of... put it in a neutral, right? Yeah, it's yeah. actually like one of the easier things. But anyways, that's Mark Lewinsky. On to Leonard Williams. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right. Before Bobby and I get to one of my favorite players on 
the Giants. We got to talk about Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar. If you want to bring family members, if you want to bring your friends, if you want to bring your work colleagues to a place that's a little, a little bit unconventional and a little bit on the wild side, then you got to bring them to Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar. This is not your father's burger joint. But they also have something for everybody. Yes, they even have something for you. They're a burger joint, but they're not the type to be bogged down by labels. Bear Burger's menu is filled with options for everybody, regardless of dietary preferences. There's only one dietary restriction you'll be limited to, food that's made to taste great. Their kitchen and bar happy hour is the best in New York City, 12 to 7 p.m. Monday to Friday. They have some exotic burgers, elk burgers, which I have had, ostrich burgers and bison burgers. Bar bites at Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar. All food items for $9.95, Monday to Friday, 4 to 7 p.m. And here's a cool little note. Two Nashville sliders, six PBRs, and a martini, all for under $20. That's a pretty, pretty good deal. So I want you to click the link in the description to find yourself at your favorite new happy hour spot, Burger Joint and Luncheon, Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar. Click that link in our description. Thank you to Bear Burger. Hey, Sean, you better hope I never get back in there. I will kick your Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. All right, let's talk Leonard Williams, defensive tackle, 28 years old at six foot five, 302 pounds. Two years left on a three-year, $61 million contract. A lot of money for Leonard Williams. Now, they can save 18 mil with $8 million in debt cap after this season. This past year, he played uh, He's played every game of his career. He should have, he honestly, if he was being selfish, he would have missed games at the end of the year, but continued to fight through that injury that he had. And he had 81 tackles, six and a half sacks, five tackles for a loss, 14 QB hits and 22 pressures. Leonard Williams had a good year on a team that was very miserable. Justin, and we can talk about all the ins and outs of Leonard Williams' games and the production he does, but stop letting the way he was acquired and the fact that guys get paid when they hit free agency, and especially when they have the leverage that Leonard Williams had, stop. Don't let that make you hate a guy who's one of the best players on this team. Stop. Leonard Williams is one of the few bright spots on this team the past couple of years. That includes last year in 2020. Yes, in 2019, that was a bad way to acquire a guy. But he's been a bright spot and a consistent bright spot for the New York Giants. It's not just one of the best players in the Giants. He's one of the best interior defensive linemen in the National Football League. And even in a down year last year. And even in a down year last year, where, yeah, I was kind of, I was disappointed in the sacks, disappointed QB hits, pressures, et cetera, et cetera. Even in a down year last year, do good in some kind of department that separates you from the rest. One of the top five leaders in tackles amongst defense alignment in the National Football League, and before he suffered that season-ending injury that he didn't miss a game, by the way, before he suffered that, he was number one in the NFL in tackles in the NFL. Well, what does that matter? Why does that matter? And in a defense that has a lot of trouble stopping the run, uh, I think that kind of matters if your interior defense alignment is making plays. Those are plays that Dexter Lawrence was not making necessarily. So um, I love Leonard Williams. Um, He is a very polarizing player. He is getting a lot of money, but I wholeheartedly agree with you. On a team that is desperate for good players, I would appreciate Leonard Williams a little bit more. Yeah, and you know what? People say 2020 was an outlier, and it definitely was. That's his career best. You know, we had 11 and a half sacks, um, 14 tackles for a loss, 42. Pre- like those 42 pressures make the rest of his career, where he has good pressure numbers every year, look bad. You know, every other year he's had 26, 23, 23, 
22. Like that 42 makes it look bad. But for a defensive tackle, those pressure numbers are, are insane. So you'll say that 2020 was an outlier. But you know what I'm going to say? 2019 was more of an outlier for Leonard Williams when he had the half a sack, when he had the, you know, the five tackles for, or the, you know, two tackles for loss. That was the real outlier of his career was 2019, the year he was traded from the Jets to the New York Giants. That was the outlier. 2020, like, there's a better chance of him getting closer to 2020 than what he did in 2019. His entire career, he has been a beast, been one of the best run stopping guys in the, uh, defense tackles in the NFL, one of the best pass rushers, you know, balanced. There's some defense tackles who can do one thing and, you know, they're great run stoppers, but they're not good pass rusher. Some great pass rushers, but they're bad against the run. Leonard Williams is good at both of those things. And he was on a team, he put together six and a half sacks, which is very good for a defensive tackle, on a team with a bad edge presence and a low blitzing rate. Kayvon, Aziz, plus Wink Martindale should help him play better. I'm not sure exactly how his stats will will translate into the Ravens system, but his actual play, his impact on the game should be a, make a big difference with those edge presence and Wink Martindale getting more to some gap integrity and blitzing. Yeah, the first eight weeks of the season, Leonard Williams had four sacks, 10 QB hits, 14 pressures. A very, very slow second half of the season. He did go on a cold streak, and then also, like we talked about, that season-ending injury that he did play through. It was an upper body. It was like an arm injury, I think, something like that. Well, those, um, through those games that you mentioned, like because everyone, the people put his stats in the, next to uh, Aaron Donald from 2020. And people get so mad because, like, oh, he's not as good as Aaron Donald. Obviously, nobody's saying that. We're just showing how great of a season Larry Williams had. Through those first five or six games or what it was, Justin, he was having better stats than Aaron Donald. Again, obviously, that didn't last, and Aaron Donald is on a different tier. But, again, he is – when you compare him to other defensive tackles in the NFL, he's one of the best. So – now I'll stop sugarcoating. We get, we gave the Leonard Williams love fest. I'll satisfy the other side that's maybe looking for blood on this PPP. Leonard Williams is taking up 13.2% of the Giants cap hit this year. He needs to play like it. He needs to play like he is the best player on the New York football Giants, especially in a defense that will hopefully, that will hopefully maximize his strengths, get some untouched pressures that is what I'm looking for at Leonard Williams this year. Like, hey, not having a, you know, go through double teams, but if there's blitzers that are coming off, you know, from the secondary, maybe Leonard Williams can get a sack or two that's untouched this year. Maybe he can get some pressures, QB hits that are untouched this year. Pat up that stat sheet a little bit. I'm hoping that Wink Martindale is going to be giving the tools for Leonard Williams to be the best player in the New York football giants, but also Leonard Williams does also need to be the best player on the Giants because he's being paid like it. So I also, I do want to throw that out there as well. The stat department I want to see go up and I thought was really bad from last year was tackles for a loss. We only had five. Yeah. And we had 14 the year before. He's hit 11 a couple times in his year. His rookie year, he had seven. Um, that's the number that I was most disappointed in Lenny Williams was the five tackles for a loss. Now, obviously, they're playing with a lot more light boxes, um, but that's the number. The pressures were con- pretty consistent with what he's done for his career. Uh, but like you said, he's getting paid more. I think he should; those pressure numbers should go up. And I think, obviously, the addition of Wink Martindale and Kayvon Thibodeau should help that a lot. Um, but the idea that, like, you know, one is like, oh, he just played it. He did all of that on career year in 2020. That's garbage. 2019 was his worst year. That was a contract year. But also, like, I, I go back to this point again, Bobby. Why Why were – I, I kind of think of myself as kind of smart. Anthony Tomeno at the time, very smart dude, much smarter than I am. Why were some people 
looking at what Leonard Williams was doing in 2019 and still saying that he could be a really good player. And he is a good player. It's just that he's not finishing. Like, he literally got the nickname, like, Mr. Almost, Mr. Almost Sack in 2019. Yeah, that's because a lot of the times, like, shit in the NFL is just so random. Where, yeah, that is a good thing that Leonard Williams is almost getting home because it means that he's getting in the backfield. You want to know who else is getting in the backfield for the Giants? Nobody besides Marcus Golden from 2019. Nobody from 2020 at all. Nobody from 2020 at all. Leonard Williams in 2020, and I yeah, don't want to hone in on this. The entire edge performance. Uh, well, he, the entire he, edge room. He was 25 to 30% of the entire Giants defense's pass rush statistics, depending on what you looked at. It ranged from 25 to 30%. Sacks, QB hits, pressures, whatever. Knockdowns. He was 25 to 30 One man was 25 to 30% of an entire defense's production. You could say it's an outlier, like Bobby said, but I, I, even if it is an outlier, it's still a really good fucking year. So you can kick rocks, and I think he has that in him again. Maybe not, maybe not the sacks, but I look at the QB hits and the pressures and how you impact the game on a week in and week out basis. Leonard Williams can do it, and I'm expecting him to do it somewhat this year. Maybe not like 2020, but let's see it again. Yeah, I mean, eight of his 12 sacks came with Dax and Delvin, Dax, Dax and Delvin, Dalvin and Dex. Both off the field, so he was the only defensive tackle out of that big three on eight of on the field for eight of his twelve sacks this year. Um, you know, he helped Austin Johnson make some money last year, by the way. Like yeah. Austin Johnson really benefited from Leonard Williams. Um, so, hey, hey, Dalvin didn't play that well in Minnesota. I know yeah, they Austin used him Johnson bad. I know better. they used him bad, and I know Dalvin's a really good player. And I'm not saying that, and that's why I'm whispering. But Dalvin had a bad year in Minnesota, and Dalvin, guess what? He was good before Leonard Williams. But he got even better after Leonard Williams got here. Yeah, Dalvin started popping off the screen once Leonard Williams showed up on the New York Giants in 2019. Um, so, Leonard Williams does need to play better than, than 2021, Justin, in my opinion. But I don't think it needs to be some huge jump either. No. Like I said, a handful the tackles for loss need to be better. Six and a half sacks is fine. And I would like a handful of more pressures on the year. And I think he will. Take his first half rate from last year again. Four sacks, 10 QB hits, 14 pressures. That's eight sacks, 20 QB hits, 28 pressures. Um, eight sacks, I will definitely take. I think it'll, it may be a little bit less than that, but 20 QB hits, 28 pressures. If you're plus, that's if you're, that's, that's good. That is, that is a very, very solid season. Um, the sacks numbers for Wink Martindale's defense can be pretty random on a year in and year out basis. So again, the way that you kind of judge a player. How much is he impacting the game by getting the QB hits and the pressures that way? So that's what I'm looking at. I have a question for you before we wrap up. Ask it. Would you be willing and open to extending Leonard Williams to lower the cap hit for 2023? I mean, they could cut him and they could save a lot of money. But then again, you're saying goodbye to a very good football player. Would you be open to extending Leonard Williams to lower the cap hit? I would do neither. You would do neither. I would just keep him on his contract. One, wow. it, it shouldn't because th think. Let's look at it. They will save eighteen mil if they cut him, and there'll be eight mil of dead cap. They're healthy cap wise, and that include that that is with Leonard Williams on the books. They're healthy cap wise in two thousand twenty three. Unless they're trying to go on the biggest spending spree of all time, I don't. They, I don't think they need to do that. So guess what? If he plays well. Then you try and uh, if he's playing well and you want to bring him back, you do it in the midseason. If he's not playing well and he's going on year thirty, guess what? You could get a comp pick back from Leonard Williams, where you're not going to get that if you cut him. So I would let him just play out the contract that he's on. Okay, 
Yeah. You know, like the 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 big cap hit is this year, where it's uh, I think twenty six, either twenty six or twenty eight mil against the cap is this year. So after that, it's it's a it's a big cap hit, but it's not the biggest thing in the world. I am way more confident that Leonard Williams is going to be a giant after twenty twenty two than Kenny Galladay. Oh yes, I I agree with that uh, uh, fully. You know, and again, it it, it shouldn't be. Play, and by the way, talking about his contract, players get paid, okay. Now, Leonard Williams got played more than he probably would have gotten on the open market because Dave Gettleman had no leverage because he traded it for him midseason and then franchise tagged him twice. Um, I think they should have pulled the, you know, we said it at the time when we started seeing contracts roll in, we were like, you know what, pull the franchise tag on him. Let him test the open market. You know, this isn't, uh, you know, Leonard Williams is, is really good, but if for, if some team did outbid them, which no team was going to outbid the Giants, you know what, like, let them have. Good on uh, them, yeah. But I, I wouldn't cut a good player uh, who's had good health um, when you have a healthy comp, a healthy cap space in the future and forego a, a possible comp pick if you do let him walk when his contract expires. Yeah, yeah. Go out and be a dog, uh, Leo. Big, go out and be a big cat. Yeah, big he's a big cat. You can't be a dog. No. All right, that's a PPP. We will see you guys tomorrow. Until then, let's go Big Blue.